Hello, friends. Jake J. Thomas here, bringing you another episode of the Dialogic Podcast on the road. I'm driving south to Seaside today to continue the Facing Seaside project and been doing some interesting research both on the city of Seaside and the city of Oaxaca. Uh, having learned that many of the businesses on Broadway are indeed Oaxacan businesses and a lot of the cultural things that we've learned about Seaside so far have been connected to Oaxaca. That is a very exciting opportunity to learn more about another culture through an artistic collaboration, a portrait of a place and uh, investigation, expression and portrayal of its culture. So learning about Oaxaca, um, one of the interesting things that jumps out at you is that it is a place that has, in, in Mexico, it's a place that has Spanish as its second language. And indigenous cultures are predominant there. They dominate the culture. The culture is predominantly indigenous. And then Spanish is a secondary language that they use to communicate with the rest of Mexico. But it is predominantly an indigenous-based cultural city. And there are all of these different festivals and rituals that predate the Colombian uh, moment in history. And then also combine... Um, indigenous culture cultural practices with Catholic traditions and yeah so it's just very interesting to begin to learn about one of the cultural influences that makes up the city of Seaside as a sister city to Oaxaca I don't know if it formally is, but through the people we've spoken with, that has been uh, the biggest, by far, overwhelmingly large influence culturally on the people that we've spoken with, you know, and that's because the bakeries, the taquerias, the dress shop, shipping exchange station all of those are connected directly to Oaxaca so it's interesting to see what those different festivals are and the first one that we got to witness was you know and it, it's something that I'm still learning so I'm going to have to you know get better at the, at the terminology surrounding it and exactly what it is but it is 
there's a sense of communalism in Oaxacan culture, and so this is an example of it, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks out there, but this is what I gather. Uh, so there are, this is a tradition that happens over the holidays, and it, it's actually, it's, this is a New Year tradition. So what happens is you get the first and the first Thursday of the new year or something like that the local bakeries give away this dessert bread for free and each family gets one of these loaves you know depending on the size of the family the size of the loaf there's big ones there's smaller ones there's different ones and you order them but they're for free and then some of the loaves have little baby figurines inside of them. So as people are eating the bread, they're being careful and they're looking to see, do they have the baby Jesus? And if they do, then they are invited to bring a dish to the potluck celebration that will happen afterwards and uh, so that's it's a very interesting uh, interesting tradition and we got to witness one of the bakeries doing the doing the thing so that was cool and what else um Oaxacan food. They have these huge tortillas that they use as as a kind of plate that they put rice and beans and then a piece of steak on. Can't wait to try that. We're gonna maybe eat some more tacos today and work on photography. We're going it's very exciting. The whole major difference that occurs when you use a film camera just psychologically is, is truly profound and while you can somewhat replicate it with digital photography intentionally there's really nothing like the process because you have <clears throat> just the uncertainty of it makes it that much more satisfying when it works when you master process it's just a very good feeling but then also the fact that it's not as accessible to you makes it more of a treasure you know negatives that you haven't been able to see what they actually look like blown up to the right size in the right direction with the right tones as a positive friend, once you get to see that, you know, that's when the cycle of the photograph finishes. Until then, you're just in limbo. And so there's this built-in urgency to complete the circuit. Whereas, you know, with a camera on your phone, for example, the most immediate gratification you can take the photograph, look at the photograph, edit the photograph, post the photograph to the internet 
within five minutes, easily, 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 easily. You know, you could even do something really good in that time, just depending on what you're in front of. But it's very possible and plausible even that you could, within five minutes, create, edit, and post a photograph. And something about that instant gratification of the whole circuit of photography makes it a lot less thoughtful and therefore a lot less meaningful. And, you know, it's all psychology, baby. It's all about what what you think and what you do with what with what you think and uh, it's just something about the way that the process of film slows you down that makes you consider what you're doing more so that like when we do these photo walks we almost always makes us take more photographs than we <clears throat> would because you know, we gotta shoot half the roll and then trade so we can shoot the other half the roll so then we can we have a workflow basically that we're trying to keep going and in doing that it forces you it shows you and it's not a lot you know it's like a roll of 36 so we're doing 18 frames a piece and in digital photography 18 frames you, you can shoot twice that many to try to get one shot very commonly you know people go out for a portrait session and will take a thousand photographs to get one so it's just a way 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 different idea about what photography is and it's more satisfying to me in a way just kind of different flow as well but anytime you get a good photograph it feels good, so whatever mechanism you need to do to do that, do that, baby. So this is uh, Jake J. Thomas signing out for now. A little bit later, I'm going to talk about the elements of composition. Now, I don't, you know, I don't think there are rules of composition in writing or photography. Because they're both creative forms and you can do whatever you want with them but there are elements there are com- components that you can use to build there are there's a vocabulary that you can use to understand what the different parts are that go together to create a photograph or an essay the elements of composition is what I will be talking about my way back up. Until then, this is Jake J. Thomas, the first half of today's Dialogic Podcast on the road. Till later, in a second, peace. Just like that, I'm back. A day has passed since I last talked to you. It's been just a minute since you were listening to me. And it was another productive day of facing seaside with Zach Weston today we did some fun stuff we got test prints made of our negatives from the first photo walk 
we had developed the two rolls of film from the second photo walk and we took a third photo walk did some more interesting stuff on our way down to pick up a camera that was being donated to the collective so every camera that we take out there is kind of a new adventure a new series and on Thursday we're going to print the first couple of prints from what we got from our first photo walk so we'll have some prints available for you to look at on Thursday and we would love for you to check it out and buy some prints support the work helping move forward facing seaside we're just uncovering the beginning 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 of what this place is but it's hard to even explain what a magical and miraculous but challenging and difficult set of tasks this is because first it's figuring out how to right size the work how to make the work worth the time and effort put into it and make it worthwhile for the art center the uh, arts council rather and for the Weston Collective and for the fine people of Seaside so it turns out Casa Mi Dinero Oaxaca Corazon de Oaxaca is more than just a shipping receiving money wiring place it's also a full on studio they broadcast from there they have shows going on every day and that was a revelation and very exciting to learn and to see they basically do a podcast out of their shop and it goes live and they are trying to help people to learn how to do certain things in America they're speaking in Spanish to the community of Seaside and they're trying to let them know how to how to act and get things done in Seaside you know like I think today they were talking about the right amount to tip tipping is not a part of the Oaxacan culture and so they don't understand why we tip so today on the on the talk show he was explaining what tipping is in this culture and what the right amount to tip is to be considered polite you know what's the right amount to tip if you have extremely great service and sort of the psychology of tipping what an interesting thing that is you know just this underground radio connection between this business on broadway and the people of oaxaca and so we we dug a little bit deeper with them as well about the culture of oaxaca and what makes oaxacan culture different is its indigeneity and so senor robles was telling us about how 
there is a different language that they speak in Oaxaca, and it's called Dialecta de... What was it called? Uh, it's not Mixteca. Dialecta de... I can't remember the name of it at the moment, but we recorded him talking about it. So that's going to be fun to research and learn more about. But it is the native indigenous language of the people who live in Oaxaca. And so that made us kind of even think, well, maybe there's a connection between Oaxaca and Seaside that we want to extend further by going to Oaxaca and kind of seeing what it's like with the is there a school in Oaxaca you know could we bring somebody from Oaxaca here to do a residency to teach that language to the people of Seaside and you know get to stay here and learn about Seaside take some of that knowledge back to Oaxaca seems like a pretty promising opportunity for some cultural dialogue to happen and that is really what the project is all about you know what is the subject of the project and that's always the interesting question you know you start out with the idea you give it some form and then you follow it through and you figure out okay this is really what it's about it's about people building community and maintaining cultural traditions and ties and relevance. And the thing is, it's hard to learn about other people's cultures and also to build your own. But that is the job of the artist, especially here in California, especially in Monterey Bay, where we have these very, very interesting communities that pop up and kind of are doing their own thing. You know, the rest of the world doesn't really know about the Oaxacan community of Seaside. But they should. You know, there's a great plot there. There's a great network of stories. And uh, so it's fun to just start to pull back some of the layers and see what is going on. So Jelena was with us today at the collective. And we had a fun morning with rolling the film... I still have yet to successfully get a roll of film off of the, out of its little container and onto a reel, a spool that then you put into a light tight container that you put in developer and, and then put in stop and then put in the fix. And that is how you develop film. But the hard part is getting it off out of the container and onto the spool because you can't have any light so you got to do it by feel and it's very fine detail that you have to feel and it's a very tricky process of feeding the film onto the spool until the teeth catch at which point you can begin to use the the mechanism of the spool to wind it up and uh that will 
get it in there, baby, but it's hard to do, it's very, very hard to do, because you cannot see what you're doing, so after I flailed and failed, and even Zach was having a hard time with it, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to do, even if you've got a lot of experience doing it, but, uh, he got both of them done, we got them on there, and then we had some fun with Jelena and I practicing trying to do the spooling the film onto the reel just not uh, old film already developed film, already exposed film bad film so that was funny because it's hard you know and anytime you see somebody do something hard that they're not good at it's funny so that just made me realize that would be a funny thing to get a lot of different people to try and do. You know, it's like maybe the, the photographer's equivalent of do a kickflip. And that's what's funny about it, but it's also a way to test your level of experience. And not every photographer has to do film, but come on. Are you really not going to do film? If you are a photographer, I mean, that's the roots, that's the origin. And if you've got a dark room available to you, why in the world wouldn't you? That's me saying to you, if you're a photographer out there, you should join the Weston Collective. Come on down and make some prints. You can come check it out this Saturday at our event, at uh, the second Saturday event. And, you know, figure out some things that you might want to do just by seeing the space but you'll also get your portrait taken and a print made right there and then so there's all kinds of different print making processes available to us at the Western Collective today making the test prints that's a contact print where you just put the the film directly into developing frame uh, touching the paper and that way it uh, develops exactly the same size as the negative so that way you're able to with one sheet of paper you're able to develop you know most of the roll of film and see which ones came out the best so you can figure out which ones you're going to want to print and that's what we're going to do on Thursday. We're going to make some prints from our first photo walk with film cameras from the Trading Camera Series. You can check it out on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at the Weston Collective. You can follow me at Becoming Shakespeare. You can follow Zach at Zachary Cole Weston. Check us out. Send us some interesting ideas through direct messaging. If you know anything about Seaside, got any ideas for the show coming up. If you want to support the project, you can also contact us and talk talk to us about buying some prints. That's the best way to support the show is by buying some of the prints. You know, this is going to be a series of historical importance both because of 
the work itself, you know, this is a pivotal moment in Seaside's history. Lots of things are being built and there's lots of changes happening. And so we want to, you know, preserve the culture and the memories. And part of that is going to be through this work. Now you can collect the work from the show you can also collect the work from our photo walks, which, why would you want to do that? Well, it's, for one thing, it's part of how we're getting into this zone of seaside. For another thing, it's uh, <clears throat> also going to be very interesting collectibles because it's, it's just a it, kind of a unique collaboration, you know, it's Zach Weston and Jake Thomas trading cameras, walking Broadway, laughing our heads off. That's the funniest and best part of the project is that we just laugh so much. You know, being an artist is funny. You get yourself in all these funny little spots. Being a photographer is funny. Trying to cross cultural gaps leads itself to a lot of funny things, you know, and so... That's what it's all about, my friends. That's where we're at, baby. And, uh, yeah, having a great time with the Facing Seaside Project, with Zach Weston, and the crew down at the Weston Collective. So I just want to shout out everyone on Broadway. Thank you for your warm, friendly welcome to us as we, you know, attempt to communicate what our project is to the businesses and to reach out to them to see what we can do to make some art with their goods, their people, their setting. We have our first official shoot scheduled for next week. That's going to be exciting. And we'll have more work to share. But so most exciting thing coming out right now is we will have prints available for you to look at on Thursday so we're doing this project the old-fashioned way two guys two cameras feet and the ground and our passion for photography and for culture and our curiosity about people and the businesses of seaside Thanks for listening today. Oh, wait. I forgot what I was going to talk about. I promised you on my way down I was going to talk about the elements of composition. So I'm going to do that now. And this is an ongoing conversation, right? Where I... This could be a book, obviously. It's a big topic. Because composition basically is everything. Composition is just the everything that's within a frame you know every frame is a composition whether or not it is intentionally composed whether or not it successfully conveys a feeling or a thought or whatever uh, aesthetic pleasure whether or not it does any of those things every photograph has a composition to it and every photograph has elements of composition 
I think what where the conversation around <clears throat> excuse me I think where this conversation goes awry is when people talk about there being rules of composition as though if you wanted to get a good photograph all you have to do is follow these rules and you will be there <clears throat> that I don't believe is true at all but there may be some recipes that work for some people there may be some formulas that are pretty effective but those are those are rules formulas recipes that combine the elements of composition in different ways so the first I just wanted to make that distinction I don't have any rules for composition but there are compositional elements that you can think about and there are techniques that you can use to achieve certain goals in your composition I mean so basic, a very very basic one is to say okay if I want to have a, a particular subject to this composition I can figure out how to light it so that the highlights will be on the subject so that the subject will be more well lit than the rest of the scene you can do it so the focus is on the subject and the rest of the scene is blurred out you can do it so the color of the subject is different than the rest of the scene you can do it so that the form of the subject is different like say you have rows of a certain type of fruit like say you have rows of bananas and then one of them is peeled that one becomes the subject the different banana in a field of bananas becomes the focal point so those are all those are just offhand a few different ways of using technique to identify a subject well that's a certain kind of intention with the photograph you know some photographs they don't want there to be a subject in some photographs you want the landscape to be the thing that people enjoy <clears throat> so there may be many different elements within the landscape that are appealing to the viewer you know maybe it's a, a large pasture with the path that leads down through it and then at the bottom you can see just a little silver band of ocean in afternoon light right? and so all of those different elements are part of the whole and the setting is the subject and there might be within that setting there might be a deer a bird but they are not the primary focus of the picture they're not what the picture is about they're part of the overall composition All right now so far I've only spoken about photographs that are representative that present an illusion of the world there are also photographs that are abstract and that's one of the key distinctions to determine initially you know what type of photograph this is going to be that I'm working on 
Is it abstract or representational? Is it more about the surface that you're looking at, the aesthetics, the color, the form, the shapes? Or is it more about what the thing is, the story is telling, the emotion of the subject, the energy of kinetic potential within the placement of objects within the frame? You know, is, uh, is something about to happen? Is something already happened? Is something happening in that moment? You know, what is the scene? What is the possible setting tell you about this world? Right? So, I'm just thinking about a couple of photographs that I just posted from our photo walks. And one of them being uh, this sign from this shop that is a really funny hand-painted sign that I think is from the 80s. I mean, it is an old, old shop, and it's pretty wild to have a hand-painted sign on your window that's that old. But it says, it's a, it's a painting of a potato sitting on a couch holding a remote control, and in text it says, we cater to couch potatoes. On the bottom and on the top it says, audio and video and so it's just this in that case the photograph is of a sign and so it's a picture of a picture it's a picture of marketing it's a picture of a business presenting its message to the world so the subject is both the business the sign and the character in the sign sitting there and now the way that I frame the shot it also looks like the way that he's holding the remote control there's the O of the open sign is right at the end of it so it looks like it could be a microphone or it could be a penis and if it were a penis then it looks like it's actively engaged in who knows what but That's where the funny puns and plays on visual language come into play as well. That's a subtle thing that I'm sure most people don't see in that photograph. But over time, they probably would. Uh, But that's more of a kind of art, fine art and documentary type of photograph. Right? So we have photography that is designed to share the news. Photojournalism. We have photography that is designed to commemorate an event, event photography. So all these different genres of photography are going to have different needs and goals and things that constitute a win. And so the elements of composition are going to come into play differently. Like, think about... For example, at a wedding. Wedding photography is its own genre of photography that has a ton of different subcategories. Because you're going to do a still life of the cake. You're going to do candid shots of guests laughing, crying, showing emotion during the reception, during the first dance, during various things. The couple are the key subject of the day 
they're who it's about. All of their relatives are also subplot characters, you know. A wedding is a very epic event to photograph. And it's a romantic event. And it's about love. It's about families. It's about food. It's about drink. There's so many different aspects to a wedding. And that's why a wedding photographer has to be good at a lot of different things. But it's also very challenging you know it's a tiring it's an exhausting day getting all those different shots because you only have so much care about photography juice in your body at one time and the thing is the better the photos you get the more you get excited about taking more and then the more excited you will be to edit those photos But you have to push through, and doing wedding photography actually teaches you how to do this. When you're uninspired, when the light is bad, when there's really nothing that is even looking like it could become a photograph, you make yourself do the work to get the shots, and then next thing you know, getting good shots again and you're on to the next thing you know it's all about getting good photos that's the main key to success in general you want to keep getting good photos and the good photos make people excited for more photos and that's that's what it's all about my friends it's all about the art so the elements of composition are just a a way to think about photography you know instead of just going out and shooting a little bit of pre-visualization a little bit of premeditation about what you're trying to do and then you can pitch to businesses concepts that you have about you know what would look good that's what we're getting started on and you know it's we're warming up to the whole process but we've got big dreams and who knows where things may lead already we've gotten a pretty good response so as we start to put the work out there it's going to get very exciting my friends and very fun to share with you so i'm looking forward to it all of it and uh i'll I'll continue to work on the elements of composition for you but you know it's part of what makes made me think about it is just working in black and white and how much different that is you know what color does to a picture the way it changes the feel the mood and when you take color out of the picture what do you have left you know and what do the tones do how do the tones work you know, so that those are always the considerations that I am trying to think about so that I can continue to improve my craft, do better photographs, make you happier, my wonderful people. And that is all to get up to a higher level. We're going to uh, make it happen. So very excited to be working on this project, Facing Seaside check us out on the interweb the internets the worldwide 
web of fun, my friends. Till next time, Jake J. Thomas. Signing out, another episode of the Dialogic Podcast on the Road. Thanks for listening. Till next time, peace.